This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. And with me today, wouldn't you know it, I can't believe he's back yet again, is Hans. Of course it's Hans. Who else would it be? Favorite guest. Number one guest. Yes, you have the most guest appearances in the history of this program to date. I can't believe it. Who would have thought that? How's it going? It's going. It's going all right. I'm, uh, I just realized that I'm, I'm downloading a Space Cop for uh, an upcoming show that we're doing, and uh, that might be messing up my internet, so let me fix that. Yeah, you should probably not do that while you're, yep. you're recording the program here. I mean, I'm buying the DVD right now online. <laughs> and, uh... They could benefit from that. I wouldn't mind seeing them uh, get a little wealthier, put out some. Uh, you know what? No, they've no. already they've crossed yeah. the threshold where they're out of ideas. I've, I haven't checked their stuff for a while. Um, I don't remember what review kind of turned me off and i was like all right i think uh anything that jay says no i usually agree with him (laughs) but it it was a recent one i don't remember it might have been pray i well i I made it 10 minutes into pray so um i didn't want to watch that just in case it spoils anything because i thought that we might do an episode on it uh not that i think it has anything that i would really care about if it got spoiled but well, we were going to do a show on Prey with Gold Pony for a little bit anyway. And I, I don't think the interest is there anymore. I think that Prey moment has passed. I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't feel like, uh, ooh, this movie sucks. I can't believe people are talking about it like it's a masterpiece. Um, I'm, I'm not going to really have that sort of energy that I'm bringing to the show. And I'm not rewatching it. I can't. I, it's, it's fine that it's like only 90 minutes, um, but I just have no interest in sitting down and opening up Hulu and putting that on for a second time. Do you like that um, that this light is giving me this kid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's you. Hole in my head. Yeah, that's Devlin 2.0 for the sequel to Mass State Lottery. I think a prequel. Yeah, prequel. Oh, so you you get repaired is what happens in the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like Jason, okay. but I don't stay retarded. I guess. Yeah. So uh, the movie we're going to be talking about tonight is an A24 film. A24 uh, has uh, some of the ire of a lot of film nerds. You know, you're either pro A24, and that's usually like Twitter, or you're anti A24, and that's more like 4chan or some some corners of Facebook. Uh, what is your general stance on A24? I don't care. I don't really um, look at that before deciding to watch something. I feel like the very hit and miss, uh, kind of like what Bloomhouse was at the beginning, mm-hmm. where it was kind of, you know, okay, cool. So it's a uh, low budget horror, and then it just became low budget crap. <laughs> yeah. What, and, what uh, was the, what, what do you think was the breaking point on Blumhouse? Oof. I'm going to have to look that up because uh, I don't even remember. I'm so disconnected from what they're doing recently that uh i couldn't even tell you let me see i think jason blum uh uh getting a hard on for doing like socially conscious horror is really what is stopping them from producing anything significantly good because they did the purge movies back in like Mm -hmm. what 2014 or 2015 and that has like a tinge of that to it um where it is uh did my camera freeze for you yeah oh fuck uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. All right, we're going to have to pause that for a moment. <laughs> we're trying something new here on movies, okay? But uh, why, don't, why don't you go on about that as you look at the Blumhouse catalog? Uh, yeah, so Paranormal Activity, that was impressive how much money he made. Uh, in retrospect, I don't know how. I feel like that franchise was ruined by how many sequels it had because the concept is interesting. Um, it just feel like they jumped the shark, especially with the last one that happens in like a in an Amish house. I don't know if you ended up watching that or not, but it was it was not very good. Uh, and then um, what else is there? Insidious, The Perch. It just feels like whenever they have a hit, they have to milk it for everything it has. Uh, so then it just ends up becoming something that the original one wasn't. And then it loses everything that made the original one interesting. You can say that about the perch. You can say that about the paranormal activity. You can say that about the um, what's the the Warrens series. Um, 
You got the Ouija movies. I don't think the... What do you think about those Ouija movies? I think the one that our friend um, Flanagan did was all right. But uh, that's the only one I've seen. I don't... Our friend Flanagan. You know what? <laughs> I watched the director's cut recently to Doctor Sleep, and that was a that was a critical mistake. Yeah? Did it not get better with time? It definitely did not. Uh, there's Actually, <laughs> there's some parts of it that aren't too shabby, um, where... What got cut out of the movie was mostly uh, like child death and, and gore and things of that sort. Uh, a couple of naked, very old women, you know. So it was all it was all good stuff in the director's cut, except uh, you know the twenty minutes of padding. I think that was in the third act, which was all those terrible Avengers characters. Oh yeah, not that. Uh, what is it? Rose the Hat and and her band of misfits. And then all the ghosts that start appearing to uh, punish, I guess, uh, little Taurus boy at the end. That was terrible. I don't. I, I'm glad that you didn't like it because I really don't want to have to watch that. No, <laughs> so we're not going to do. You know, I, obviously, I've mentioned before, and we did a couple of episodes where we were talking about. Uh, we're going to read the book, and then we're going to do the movie. That will not be the case no. with that at all. I can assure you. Um, it seems my camera is not working still. So why don't we just pause this real quick okay. and then we'll pick up in a moment. We'll discuss the movie we're going to get into tonight, which is funny pages. How about that? So as we, we just left off, you were talking about how you were surprised and impressed that Blumhouse had produced the rocks tooth fairy movie. Yeah. I'm not very uh, familiar with their, uh, humble beginnings, but it seems like, um, paranormal activity was their biggest hit in the 2000s yeah and then they started the 2010s with tooth fairy paranormal activity 2 and insidious uh jay chandrasekhar's the baby makers starring olivia munn terrifying her <laughs> always always very spooky uh sinister paranormal activity yeah so as i was saying before like i feel like maybe they were able to produce interesting movies but then once they decide to just milk them for sequels that are unnecessary uh that's when when they lose me so paranormal activity the purge forever purge yeah and they didn't they make a tv show too of course they did it was on usa your favorite network uh, yeah. i didn't mind the paranormal activity sequels i liked the fact that you could show up every october and see one of those movies and it would usually but they would always ruin it it would always yeah. end with like, and then the chubby girl from the first movie was a witch, <laughs> and here's her sister who's also yeah. chubby. Hey, isn't that scary? She's here, the the girl from the, That's my from the other line one from that movie. Is she's <laughs> here, and she's like, isn't it weird that it's back in time, but she looks older and a little chubbier? Yeah, four movies in, yeah, six years later, she's back and she's older at a younger age. Did you did you watch the Amish one? No. Yeah. That's... No, that wants to be Get Out. And Jason Blom it's... wants another Get Out. And that ain't happening. It was terrible. Are you um... looking forward to Halloween Ends? That's a Blumhouse produced one. That's coming out on Peacock the same day as theaters. Oh, that's not a good sign, is it? I've Here's what I've heard about Halloween Ends. I heard Halloween Ends is like um, Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. Okay. Do you know what that one is? I don't remember. <laughs> That is they where kind, they kind of just blend into each other. Yeah. It opens with a paramedic's son being killed at like a psychiatric facility. And then he becomes Jason, but you don't know it's him in the mask. Mm. So you think Jason's go around, going around and he's back. It's right after the final chapter, right? Where Corey Feldman cuts him up, right. takes him down. So then you have like older Corey Feldman, even though it's not Corey Feldman, it's uh, some teenage boy. Yeah, and you think Jason's back, but no, it's actually just a paramedic. Fucking sucked. It was horrible. So him, him, and like a little Eddie Murphy style black kid survived that movie. The only Friday the Thirteenth where the survivors are two men, and then I believe Tommy Jarvis kills his love interest at the end of the movie, which they just completely retcon for the sequel because he's played by a new actor, and you got to have like a good guy Tommy Jarvis instead of I murdered my girlfriend or right. Tommy Jarvis. It's Tommy with one M. Yeah. Um, so that's terrible. I don't I don't want that. Uh, I think uh, after I got over the fact that the sequel was not serious, 
I was like, all right, let's see more of this, but not like that. <laughs> not like that. I think uh, we should just review that movie again for this again? Halloween. Yeah. What, when is the new one coming out? Is that December or is it October too? No, that's October what, December. That would be a very big missed opportunity to release <laughs> around Christmas time. Uh, no, I, I think it's going to be October yet again. Yeah, I have it over here. October 14th, 2022. All this to uh, say, people trust A24 as a brand, but they've kind of fallen off and it's become kind of a trope because much like Netflix or any one of these companies that don't really have any creative involvement in what they're doing, their okaying process still filters out a certain type of movie. And so you can start to build an expectation for what you're going to get from A24. And a lot of people have uh, felt that that welcome has been worn out. Uh, it just kind of became the meme, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's, you expect something, I guess. I don't even know if it's weird. I think it's more like film person type of movie. But then it just kind of becomes a parody of itself. Um, which, uh, which movie do you think was when they jumped the shark? Because I'm looking at the, the list here. You got uh, Lighthouse on the Silver Lake, which I thought we were supposed to do an episode on that. Still we were, we're, we're going to at some point. Mid-90s, that was pretty good. Uh, I didn't catch that one. That's the Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. The skater, skating, skaters. Um, I honestly, uh, that tragedy of Macbeth really left. That was off-putting. Terrible taste in my mouth. Um, but yeah, I uh, again, I just, I don't really pay attention to to the production company. Maybe I should, but before I start watching something. So I wasn't expecting what we got here. I don't know why I thought it would be more... Um, American Pie-ish type of comedy. Because I said it was 90s. It was authentically yeah. late 90s. Which doesn't exist anymore. You know, that genre is completely dead. But uh, this felt a lot like a... And I'm going to be butchering his pronunciation, but uh, Daniel Close movie. So like Ghost World. Or, Dude, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I thought when I was watching this, is that this movie reminds me a whole lot of Ghost World. If Ghost World was uh, not feminine. Right. Yeah, have you seen art, art? Have you seen Art School Confidential? Mm -mm. That's also one of his from around that time about a a kid that goes to uh, pretty similar goes to art school and he just hates everything and he's trying to be cool, uh, get it with the crowd, uh, which I guess is not really what this movie is because he's <laughs> he's trying to be accepted by the most obnoxious. Uh, what do you even call that type of lip? What Clip is that lip. called? Yeah. Uh, Perfect comic book guy, I guess you can say. Um, not not the most likable, not the most uh, accepted or cool. At the end, I, I also thought that they might reveal that he's not actually an artist or he's not actually who he said he was because he was so erratic and so... I don't even know what word to to use to, to describe him. Mentally, other... He's just mentally ill. He's an yeah. unstable guy who's able to go off the handle at very minor things, but also they don't make it easy for him because everybody in this movie is so unlikable. Yeah. The parents are unlikable. That lead character is such a little piece of shit. Like yeah. In a way that reminds me so much of like other kids who are unnecessarily competitive mm -hmm. uh, around that age. Like I, I had a friend, for example... Where if you like told him something like, oh, I, I, I'm, I got a car this weekend. It's this car. And he'd be like, well, yeah, well, I got a Mercedes Benz that uh, <laughs> I just bought. Oh, you, you moved into an apartment? Yeah, I got a house that I just put a down payment on. The oh, worst. Yeah. So, the worst kind of uh, shitty kid. Yeah, you wonder why you're friends with that person. And then eventually that friendship tends to fade out if you're smart. So yeah. he, he's this kind of guy where you have like a very nerdy long-haired uh damn did these kids have fucking acne jesus christ you know this is kind of mean to say but i remember during mass day lottery you looked over at jake and you were like you know you got a massive zit right here that's ready to pop <laughs> yeah. and then uh, when they do a close-up on one of these kids and he's got like big time well, whitehead coming out jake's zit was a hazard i was afraid of it <laughs> <laughs> the, you know the, what what do you call the the splat zone i guess that it was going to create was going to hit me um 
It's gonna be like a Nickelodeon game show. Yeah, just gack all over my face. Uh, <laughs> the, another movie that he's reminded me of was uh, Greasy, the Greasy Strangler, because of how everyone is so gross and how sweaty. Looks how they yeah. just grabbed a Tim and Eric leftover David Liebhart. Did I ever yeah, tell yeah. You about how I tried <laughs> to get David Liebhart on uh, a podcast from a past life that I might have done, and he was like, "All right, I'll do the show, but you gotta you gotta handle everything through my agent." And his agent was like a 17-year-old boy who was just like, yeah, I do things for him sometimes. Here's his home phone number and address. <laughs> I was, like, oh. was this your interview show that you mm. had? Yes, when I worked for NPR. Yeah. Mm. What was the show called? Uh... Uh, NPR Fresh Air. It's a very popular show now without me. Uh, so they got David Liebhart in here. And you have a number of these safety uh, familiar faces, including our pal, Buddy Duress, who... Mm. I was wondering, did he shoot this before or after he got out of the clink? And it, it it's very clear it was before. So this mm -hmm. has been sitting around for a little bit since probably about 2019. Why do you think that is? COVID? Uh, it could be COVID. They might have had to stop filming. I mean, he got locked up in, I want to say, October or November of 2019. So they must have started shooting before then. Uh, and for this type of movie, I mean... This was, um, I mean, clearly the Safdie brothers through Alara Pictures were overseeing this film, Funny Pages. Um, but it's still a very small movie. I can't imagine the budget yeah. is that big. And for, I mean, with small movies in general, it's going to take about two years to get out. This is all the vision of Owen Klein, who is the, the son of Kevin Klein from The Big Chill and In and Out, and Phoebe Cates, who is the the hot girl from Fast Times at Richmond High and the weeping girl from Gremlins 1 and 2. Oh, so it's, uh, what is it, a nepotism baby? Maybe. <laughs> Isn't that what they call him? It could be. I mean, he was working, I believe, as an assistant editor for the Safties on, like, documentary projects that they were doing and stuff. So it could be that. Uh, you can really tell the Safties influence. I don't know if the original story was supposed to end like this but that ending felt very chaotic mm -hmm. felt very them you know mm -hmm. not not sure how how uh, involved they were in the writing or or anything else but that felt very much like a like a good time you know <laughs> yes he heaven knows what they were yeah. up to in the writing room uh, apparently this movie got a a three minute standing ovation at can um, they give those out too willy-nilly as far as I'm concerned. Everything gets a 10-minute standing ovation, a 22-minute standing which just sounds obnoxious. I would want you know who didn't? You know who didn't get a standing ovation? Um, uh, only God forgives. And I only know that because I went to see that premiere at that festival that year, and uh, mm -hmm. I fell asleep because it was at like 6 in the morning. Uh, they, I don't know why they do that, but they show six seven maybe eight in the morning i don't remember i was just very sleepy and i remember that everyone booed it and i didn't understand why it's like what do you expect from i know a it's a masterpiece movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like the reference movie where uh you know he um ryan gosling uh, goes inside of his mom's belly after she gets stabbed or something right mm -hmm. and pulls stuff out and it's just i don't know i guess it's too highfalutin uh uh, people that go there and are not expecting to watch a very slow, almost three-hour movie that's got some martial arts and some violence. Or maybe they're not highfalutin enough since they weren't able to tolerate it. I thought I, they've, I, I, you know, after Drive, there was plenty of warnings that hey, this is not Drive. This is nothing yeah. like Drive. But I think still people expected something close to Drive, and it's not close to Drive. Yeah, uh, it's a beautiful film. But it's very dark and gross and plotting and very slow. It takes a while to get, get started. Not enough synth music. That's what happened. Mm -hmm. We needed more real human being songs. Uh, and instead, he got what? Thailand music. Thailand <laughs> karaoke. That's yeah. yeah. Soundtrack. That's true. Is I that think all you... the actors just performed the soundtrack itself in real time, like you do. Is that, yeah, is that where you got the influence for the scene that you forced me to shoot that gunpoint yeah. where I'm singing and dancing in my underwear in a karaoke place. 
Uh, no, I actually did not get it from that. I just got it because I was thinking it would be pretty funny to have Hans sing karaoke. <laughs> what, would, what would be something Hans would never, ever do? Yeah. Karaoke. Mm -hmm. One time, uh, the one time I've been to Asia, I went to Japan, and I, of course, my friends took me to one of those places because you're supposed to go to the, you know, the karaoke place if you're in Japan. And um, I, I don't really listen to a lot of popular music, so I didn't know anything that was it. In it, and then I found some obscure rock song that I like by like Block Party or something. Mm -hmm. No one knew it, and so I just sang for like thirty seconds, and then I was like, "Let's just just change it. We can we can change it. This this this. Let's just change this." And uh, yeah, it's horrible. I hate it. And uh, it took a lot of. Uh, I don't think I even drank before we shot that. It was it was one of those. I think we we rehearsed at the apartment for about I don't know twenty minutes. And then I was just like, I'll just, I don't want to rehearse this. Let's just, I'll just wing it and just do it when we get there. Cause this is very awkward. Which I, listen, I'll give you a whole lot of credit because when we were shooting mass state lottery originally in March <laughs> of 2020, uh, you took a while to get like warmed up and get yeah. into acting and, and be able to go. And then in November, it's just like, Hans, you gotta do this. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then you're right into it immediately. Which, uh, again, such a stark contrast. I, I was impressed with how uh, you were able to loosen up. So, so, ooh, Jesus mm. Christ. This is all new, by the way. <laughs> this, is, this is just a trial run. This isn't even a real episode. Um, but, yeah. I, I, and I'm looking forward to uh, your, your character, uh, Estefan, in Cr Cringe Lord, our second feature film. Yeah, I got a... Some, I don't remember who... Carlos was... Estef, Estef, uh, Estevez someone um uh Garcia. posted sh shared the trailer and said they were getting very uh strong peter lori vibes with my character and i was like oh, yeah. oh that's and then i because I, I haven't seen the footage and then i was like jesus that's what my hair actually looked like <laughs> when we were recording it's like that makes a little sense yeah it looked like i think it looks good i uh, yeah. i think you should wear your hair like that all the time have you ever like, just... you know what i started watching recently is this uh sitcom from the early 90s 1992 to 1995 called hearts of fire because i just started watching john ritter tv movies wow and this is a cbs sitcom with john ritter with ed asner and who plays the fat oaf on the show? Who plays like the Jim Belushi role? Billy Bob Thornton. And his what? hairline is fucking terrible. You you should look this up real quick. Hearts um, of Fire? A Fire. Hearts of Fire. Oh. Now, I couldn't believe this is where Billy Bob Thornton started. It was, uh, he's fat, first of all. Oh, wow. He's got a big gut. And uh, he looks like Homer Simpson. He looks like Homer Simpson on the show. And then you think about that and go, he becomes the Billy Bob Thornton that we have like a cultural imprint of today where he's got like bangs in every movie. He's like a 60 year old man with bangs. Uh, and he plays the, the Brad Garrett style character on this show. Yep. There he is. That is him. I posted this to Twitter too. Look at, look at it. His posture's bad. His hairline's bad. The beard kind of works for him. I mean, as much as I guess, well, this is not, that's not he lost weight there there you go yes he kind of looks like scorsese a little bit um why why are you watching this no, listen, you i i just get into holes <laughs> i love being are you in trying holes? to find some type of nostalgic 90s hole where you think back as when you were a child and things were simpler no i was looking at uh older john ritter movies from the 80s because he has such a interesting career where he's like literally half a tv actor and half a film actor which is rare for the late 20th century and 20th century probably in general um and he would dip in and out of tv shows and movies and there's a lot of bad in there so i watched like real not real american hero um maybe like hero for hire or something where it's essentially like super or the boys but it's a pg version and then i was also watching uh unforgivable which is a really bad tv movie <laughs> about uh him being a domestic abuser and um ritter John Ritter plays a wife beater and wow. he recovers. He 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 fixes himself and that's the movie. But there was one movie and the name is Escape. Oh, The Only Way Out, starring John Ritter and Henry Winkler. You should look up the trailer to this right now. And Henry okay. Winkler plays a weird guy who's obsessed with John Ritter's ex-wife and won't leave. 
and it ends so dark for an ABC TV movie. I couldn't believe the ending of this film. Uh, the whole movies on YouTube. Yeah, I probably watched it that way. The only way out. Let me see if this is a trailer. It's only 37 seconds. Um, yeah, let's, but let's watch it. He, uh, Goes great with funny oh, pages, the topic oh, wow, of tonight's show. Yeah, it looks terrible. Uh, it is terrible. Billy Bob did that series right before Sling Blade came out. Mm -hmm. That's how Very... we got to know John Ritter. So John Ritter then acts in Sling Blade as a gay man. And there's a, uh, an interesting story I picked up from uh, the set of Sling Blade, which is when they were designing John Ritter's haircut, which you should pull up an image of that real quick as well. On um, The Only Way Out? No, no, no. In, well, you, we, let's watch the preview of The Only Way Out okay. first. And I'll get into the John Ritter story for Sling Blade. Ooh, wow, very 90s. Okay. Tonight on the ABC Sunday Night Movie. About John Ritter. Why are you doing this to us? Oh. Winkler. You don't listen to me! Like you've never seen them before. They're acting. I'll kill you before I let you go. Now, they're caught in an obsessive love triangle. He's terrorizing our children. Let's have a rational heart-to-heart. -heart. Daddy scares me. And the father has to save his family, no matter what it takes. John Ritter and Henry Winkler in the dramatic thriller, The Only Way Out. Wow. Mm. Well, the whole thing is right there. Civic TV, Episode 7, Season 3. That is what we're going to be watching whenever we reteam with Jerry. Um, yeah, that movie was pretty wild because he's divorced. He's got a good relationship with his wife. And then uh, he's like, I just wanted to meet somebody already so she'll get off my ass. God, I'm trying to live my life with my new wife and her kid have some more kids and just forget about this fucking family i started and didn't want to finish um and then she meets henry winkler who's like a teacher or whatever and he's just a weird obsessed guy and uh he does not take no for an answer he borrows giant sums of money he's like i have to go to england for a week can i borrow 40 grand and mm. then he'll show up the next day like i just came back from england <laughs> i missed you so much i'm back from england aren't you excited to see me so he's doing stuff like that and yeah, then he beats a... up john ritter in front of his kids and john ritter's like okay okay i'm sorry and Isn't he uh, like a small man yeah, he's, he's, he's the fonz he's fonzie from happy days it's pretty natural that you know he's gonna do your right. wife and beat you up in front of your kids right that's what fonzie would do hey yeah at 70. <laughs> no he's only like <laughs> he 60 looks, there okay he looks the same he's just but he's doing it to john ritter who's probably like yeah. a little older than him so um so this is how he looks in Sling Blade. Anyway, Henry Winkler dies, and then John Ritter confesses to the murder. Is that how it ends? Well, no. Here's how it ends. John Ritter uh, has his boss, who's like a foreman on a job, who offers him. He's like, guys like that only speak one language. Let me take care of it. I know some guys. They'll go over there. They'll handle the whole thing. Just give me 20K, and it's <laughs> over. <laughs> Uh, and John Ritter's like, no, I can't do that. I'm a good man. I'm on eight simple rules for dating my teenage daughter. And then he gets his ass beat in front of his kids. And he's like, fuck this guy. Kill him. <laughs> Where does he work that he has 20 grand to just throw around in 93? I think he's like an architect or something. I huh, don't know. Right. Um, one of those, they just mention it, but never. They show him drawing one day or something, and that's it. Right? Yeah, kind of like that. Um, yeah. So he, he then has uh, the dude paid off to be killed and then he he has a change of heart before it happens and he says no i have to tell the fawns he's about to die so he shows up at his house and breaks in he's like listen there's some bad guys coming over here and they're gonna kill you and this is after like henry winkler's beaten up his ex-wife and done all sorts of crazy shit so now he's breaking and entering into henry winkler's home and henry winkler's like what are you doing here what are you talking about i gotta kill you with this knife now and, he, and that's the confrontation we saw at the end, right? Yes. And then right. John Ritter kills him. And right when he kills him, three guys show up and are like, we'll take out the body. And then it ends with John Ritter going, I'd like to confess to a murder. And then it go, hard cuts to credits, cut to black after he does that. I was like, wow, does, nobody does won it, in this movie. Does it have that dramatic 90s music for that type of movie? Uh, it certainly does, and apparently oh. we have another webcam issue. Your here. camera, <laughs> you yes, froze. This is you very see, difficult, Hans. You see the image? Uh, I wish I had taken a screenshot of it. You froze with an, uh, 
soy face and (laughs) (laughs) this is great terrific it's gonna Um, be the thumbnail for the episode yeah maybe uh why don't we uh well well, as far as like sling blade goes i'll just tell this story real quick and then i'll uh fix the camera okay Uh, they did not tell him what kind of hairstyle he would get they said yeah we're gonna go with uh like the kind of hairstyle a guy like this would see in gq and try to give himself and john ritter said okay but I've got a PSA shoot next week, so don't make it too different from my regular hair. And if you want to pull up the image as I'm talking yeah. about this. They just made him Tom Arnold. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's a pretty good pretty good comparison to draw. What would you call that? High and tight? Military hairdo? But with, done with like with scissors? Tight, orange. Tight and wet, I think that's called. <laughs> Um, so he does this movie and he, he got pretty pissed off naturally. Have you ever seen Sling Blade? It's been a, a while. I think it was one of those movies that made me watch in, uh, college, but I don't really remember much other than the way, um, Billy Bob s- spoke, which mm-hmm. is great. He's so good in this movie. Uh, Billy Bob he, Thornton. He's so good always. Even in things like, uh, was it Mr. Woodcock? Wasn't mm-hmm. that him? Wow. With, That's uh, a Todd Phillips film. With uh, Stifler, wasn't it? Or was it... John Heater? Oh, was it John Heater? Because I think he had one with Stifler and then one with Napoleon Dynamite, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, where he pretty much just played, you know, angry father-in-law or whatever. What what would you say is your favorite Billy Bob Thornton role? He's just... I I guess I'm on a a kick of his movies and stuff because I downloaded both of those bad Santa films. uh, Oh, okay. Which I, I haven't seen the first one in... Ages. I think I watched a bootleg DVD of it that one of my friends brought over one time, and I never saw the sequel. That came out in 2016. A lot was happening that year. Certainly not uh, a priority in 2016. Yeah. Never seen that. Uh, I, I like the well when it first came out. It also hasn't been has been a while since I've seen it. Oh, uh, School for Scoundrels was what that was called. Um, the one I just meant. Oh no, yeah, School <laughs> School for Scoundrels is the one with. Uh, John Heater, and then uh, that was on 2006, and then in 2007, it's Mr. Woodcock with Sean William Scott and Susan Sarandon. Uh, that role is my favorite Billy Bob Thornton role. <laughs> uh, Mr. Woodcock, that's the joke. Uh, I think he was very good in uh, Monsters Ball. Oh, I thought you uh, said Monsters. I- Rob Zombie's What's... The Monsters, where he plays Grandpa he... Monster. Oh, God. Um, Why don't we just talk about that for eight minutes so I can clip that and upload again? that. And we can make a little <laughs> uh, imprint on YouTube this month. Uh, let me see. Oh, he was in Cat Dog. That's cool. Um, let me see. Princess Mononoke. He was on an episode of Ellen. So maybe that's what. <laughs> Did you ever watch Ellen? Since you've been on a uh, sitcom kick, do you ever wander into the the waters of that Ellen show? I don't even know if you can even reply. Um, he was really good in Blood In, Blood Out, uh, Tombstone. Wow, he's got a really great career. Big Bang Theory, you know, classics. Entourage. It's Goliath. Yeah, so right now, <clears throat> Lois uh, wanted to get fancy with uh, with his webcam because he wanted everyone to see his pores and uh, his mustache hairs uh, individually. And uh seems like that's not really working out that great. So for anyone that's seeing uh, the video portion of, of the episode, uh, it's going to be mostly my floating head because I'm, again, wearing a dark shirt in a dark background so it's just a floating head like the exorcist and and no loris for for most of it so um if you would like to see the video for this go to uh patreon.com slash loris i think i'm not not really sure i'm really terrible at, at uh plugging things oh fargo i forgot about Far- fargo. he's excellent Very good in fargo, fargo yeah. season one fargo season one is uh an all-time great billy you Bob scared Bob. me by the I'm sorry about that. I'm still trying to figure this out over here. Uh, I still say to this day, aces to everybody. All right. Yeah. What was his name? This character's name? Uh, Aces. Malvo. Uh, Did you see The Gray Man? 
Yes, I did, and I was unimpressed with it. Uh, he's he's fine in everything though, but he's yeah. not. I mean that that movie is a job for hire for everybody involved in that. They're doing a and sequel it, and a spinoff apparently. Of course, I I just feel like that it's just the same with every Netflix production. I I actually recently watched uh, that Jamie Foxx vampire movie, uh, Day Shift. That was fine. Vampire it, it, in Brooklyn. Now there's a movie. It, it had some cool action. the The story is kind of what you expect, but the action was cool. Uh, at least that was entertaining and different. Because apparently the uh, the director was a f uh, fight choreographer or something, so the action looks cool. But then you get you know the the story that you expect from from uh, those movies, where it's just you know hero is very strong and have you even own... watched anything good like recently uh i watched uh funny pages that oh, was pretty right. good yes that, well i no i'm <laughs> i'm legitimately curious to get your your thoughts on funny pages uh once i'm done fixing this technical <laughs> problem here i gotta have like a sign that says you know how they would do it back in the late 20th century whenever the talk show would abruptly close out like after Christine Chebik blew her brains out. Whatever they put up right after that, or Bud Dwyer died on live television. I gotta find that. Just it's just like a little bug or a little will be right demon. Back. Yeah, uh, unplugging something. I think you're thinking of Gremlins too. Oh, with Phoebe Cates, the mother of the director of Funny Pages. There you go. Ethan Klein is that his name? Never mind. I was gonna say oh, I've seen some some good stuff lately. Uh, let me see. Um. Spotnik, I saw recently. I saw Year One, which was actually much funnier than I, I expected. I always put off watching that uh, Jack Black, Michael Sarah vehicle, uh, but I I found myself laughing a lot at how dumb everything was. Uh, it was written and directed by the late. Oof, he's, I just blanked on his name. Uh, Egon from from Ghostbusters. Uh, Wow, I can't believe I forgot his name. Uh, Harold Ramis, who was also in it. Um, and that just, I guess because I haven't seen 2000s comedies in a long time, it felt refreshing. Uh, uh, the, you know, just ridiculous, very stupid humor, very silly. And it, you just have Jack Black being Jack Black and Michael Sarah being Michael Sarah, which at the time was just, this is something I was, I was talking to my girlfriend about. It's just, uh, there was a lot of Michael Sarahs when Michael Sarah was doing his Michael Sarah thing. Until Were there that... any Michael Sarahs other than Eisenberg who who actually made a dent in Hollywood? Uh, I guess not. I don't know. I can't think of any, but it just felt like there was that character in everything. Maybe that's what I mean. Um, but in this one, because it's from 2009, but I haven't seen any any comedy that has that character in it a long time so you're, it was kind of you're like talking oh, about it's... year one yeah year one that was a tremendous Ramis. flop yeah it was <laughs> whenever they tried to delve into any sort of genre that yeah. whole group of apatow people it was always a flop like your highness was also amazing like a major flop for franco and danny mcbride coming off yeah. of pineapple express um i haven't watched any of those movies in ages i kind of wanted to get back into super bad though mm -hmm. just to see if it holds up yeah, uh, I saw the one movie that we we're doing an episode on. I think soon, which is the decision to leave. That was good. Have you seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. Okay. We do have a show lined up for I think this Thursday where we're going to be covering it, and uh, I look forward to watching that because Park Chan Wook is my favorite director. But I, I don't know. Um, where do you? You're not all that well versed on his movies, are you? No, I've seen a couple. Uh, hold on, let me pull, it, pull up his list. Mm -hmm. I saw the American one he did. Um, Stoker, was it? Not very good. Yeah, Stoker. No, that felt like an American was trying to make a Park Chang-wook movie. Didn't really... I don't know. I don't I don't like the English in his movies. <laughs> I'd rather just read, you know. Uh, I'm a cyborg, but that's okay. That one's cute. Uh... Oh, and The Handmaiden. I saw that. That was really good, too. But I've been meaning to get into the... Uh, what is it? Mrs. Ven Lady Vengeance movies? That one's great. That's his probably... Uh, it, it's high up there for me, anyway, with uh, Old Boy. 
I, I consider that one of his strongest for sure. I also got Thirst and uh, Join Security Area because I want to see how he does horror. Um, Thirst is a vampire movie, if I'm not mistaken. And the other one just looked like, I don't know if it's zombies, but it's something similar to zombies. Uh, uh, Thirst so is definitely a top three pick for me. Uh, a lot of people say nowadays that The Handmaiden is his best film. I maybe agree with that. Is It's his most mature film, mm. probably. Uh, but I think I think Old Boy, Lady Vengeance, and Thirst are um, impeccable films. Well, uh, it's difficult we... difficult to top Old Boy, especially when you when Spike Lee did what he did, which just makes it look so much better. Mm -hmm. You know, com com comparison to to that mess. Well, you I I mean I don't I like Spike Lee. I don't even really think about that movie though. Um, why don't we get back to funny pages while I still yeah. have 40% of battery here. Uh, so were you aware of this movie coming out at all? It had a very limited marketing campaign, very low key, seemed pretty, uh, focused on Instagram, maybe going for that sort of crowd, I guess. Uh, I didn't really see any billboards or posters. They still have black phone posters throughout the New York city subway for whatever reason, but that's about the gist of film around here. How, how did you hear about it? Were you going through the safety's imdb no i, I was going through buddy's imdb because oh, okay. uh uh just reasons reasons we shouldn't talk about on the show i wanted to see what he was up to lately um right. yeah and uh th th this was his only other 2022 film it just popped up on his imdb resume um somewhat recently you know not, i mean i was aware of the film before then and i was kind of vaguely interested in seeing it uh but i checked it out because buddy was in it and uh as we covered before, it's old footage of Buddy from 2019. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, uh, I I was vaguely aware of it because it's Alara produced, and they've only done a handful of non-Safty projects. I've, I've heard also the word is that they're going to be doing an Adam Sandler movie in January, and it's going to be a sports film. That's going to be their next movie. Is that just what Adam Sandler is doing now, just sports movies? I guess I he's always so. done them. Because you got the, what is it, The Waterboy? It was a sports movie. Uh, Happy Gilmore was a sports movie. Mm -hmm. There's a, uh, what's the prison one? Uh, prison oh, football one. Uh, the Longest Yard. Yeah, that's another sports, I guess. And then he did that basketball one for Netflix that I... People say that's good. But you know what? They also said Hubie Halloween was good. Yeah. Have we talked about Hubie Halloween? <laughs> Should we talk about Hubie Halloween? Should we do that instead of Halloween Ends? I didn't finish that thing. I think I made it 30 minutes in and I was like, I can't. I'm done. Like, I can't take 50 year old Adam Sandler acting like this. <laughs> you know, it's, that's for him when he's young. Mm -hmm. Now it's just kind of, well, not even sad because he got a buttload of money to act like that on camera, which good for you, I, I guess. But I, I don't know. I just see it and think that, that's a retarded person. That's it. Yeah. He's playing a retarded man in this movie. Yeah. Well, he, that's his whole career, <laughs> really, right? Mm hmm. Only what Big Daddy is the only one where he plays a, a mature adult, kind of yeah, responsible. Kind of. Let's say responsible ish. Yeah. Uh, everything else is just kind of, kind of well, touched. Well, not not even really. I mean, the conceit of that movie is: can you believe this guy's in charge of a kid? Right. right. So, because John true. Stewart plays the dad. Oh, is that true? That's been a, it's been a while too. Mm -hmm. I don't remember John Stewart. The only movie that I remember John Stewart being in was that uh dave chappelle weed movie yeah he's he just... a cameo and half baked half baked yeah but the wedding singer was also kind of you know little nicky is the devil's retarded son mm -hmm. <laughs> uh those hotel transylvania movies is retarded dracula mm -hmm. you got uh i don't know what the cobbler is what is that is that the shoe he's a retarded fixing? shoemaker yeah it's just <laughs> it's a mad lib it's just mental mentally ill 9-11 victim mentally right. ill uh, Arab uh, haircut sure. guy. he plays the Rob Schneider you can do it guy in yeah. Rob Schneider's movies for him uh, so yeah that anyway so he could have fit funny. into this movie with all these characters all yeah. these friendly faces I don't know he's not gross enough I don't think God this movie really nailed the I'm an older guy and I'm friends with all the young guys and it's normal and right from naked. the start too the first three minutes is just a big fat man just like hey draw me and then he just gets naked and he's like well, 
what am I watching? What yeah. what did you, what is yeah, the Laura's making me watch? Occurs with that lead character too. Like, oh wait a minute, that's yeah. what this is. This isn't this isn't funny. This is him trying to jerk yeah. off in front, trying to Louis C.K. me or something. <laughs> Once he drew his penis, he's like, wait a second, there's something fishy. It's not just a smell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I thought um, it it felt like what you said, like a throwback uh small comedy that i don't know if they still make them but it doesn't feel like they make this type of movie anymore there's only like a couple that come out and it's like oh cool they're still kind of making just very small very character-based comedies well we got hit with three different small indie comedies in the same span of time we got fourth of july we've got sharp stick and we've got this movie and i've watched all three now i watched Sharp uh -huh. stick the other night, and I can confirm that's the worst of the oh, three. Yeah. Um, I started it. Mm -hmm. uh, I started it, and I saw that it starts with a vertical video of a lady shaking her ass, and I was like, I'm not in the mood to watch this. I'm mm -hmm. all right. <laughs> that's the Joss Whedon approach: is you start with a a cell phone video, mm -hmm. a cell phone video, and then go from there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was not a fan of it, and I'm obviously very generous toward Lena Dunham's creative work. I didn't think it was terrible. I didn't think it was bad, but it becomes it like it, it's almost. It felt like to me she had access to John Bernthal for a certain period of time, and then she was aware of that and rewrote the ending to accommodate that because it's completely without uh, his character or or like um, the plot that we've gotten to know for about sixty minutes. And uh, it, so it, it's the pretty standard trope of she's a young girl. She gets involved with an older guy who's married and has a kid on the way. And then he's like a pathetic loser. Is it Lena Dunham that stars? Uh, she's a, probably like the third main character in that movie. Okay. She's his wife. Okay. Um, and then he breaks things off when she finds out. And then the remaining 35 minutes of the movie are just like the main girl trying to cross off different sex acts from her her list of things to do as a, like a coping mechanism to to get over John Bernthal dumping her ass. And uh, I wasn't I wasn't on board for that. I didn't think that was all that interesting. And I thought the lead girl was fine, but she wasn't I don't know. She I don't think she she carried that last third of the movie. So I watched that. That wasn't particularly uh, great. As far as I'm concerned, I gave it, I think, like two and a half stars on Letterboxd. And then 4th of July, I had very low expectations for because we've talked about it probably on this show, at least in like DMs. Um, the color grading on that trailer was horrendous. Mm -hmm. it, it looked like it was straight from the camera. Maybe someone did a quick pass in iMovie or something. They just added a little saturation. It looked very unprofessional as far as I was concerned. And I also don't like Joe List very much. I, I found him, I mean, in the movie, he's unlikable. But I yeah. found him so unlikable in that film. I mainly enjoyed it. I, I didn't think it was that bad. Did you laugh? Maybe one or two times I did. Okay. Because that's that was my biggest problem. That I, I, I think I also made it like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And I'm gonna end up watching it because we might record and if we don't record an episode we might at least talk about it uh, briefly because i i don't know if we can talk about it for 60 minutes we can't even talk about funny pages for 60 <laughs> minutes my camera yeah. won't even stay on for 60 minutes uh i think we should have done a show where it's 30 minutes on funny pages 30 minutes on sharp stick 30 minutes on fourth of july i think that's now a missed opportunity maybe we'll do uh, 30 and 30 too many episodes kind of like what we did with jo uh, don jolly um yeah. on the toho films or, or whatever we covered uh, but but my, that on those my problem with what I saw from 4th of July was that it, everything looked like a take one. Mm -hmm. um, like, uh, I, I don't know how, how much of the dialogue was improvised, but a lot of it felt improvised. Uh, the delivery that, especially Bobby Kelly, I thought was terrible uh, uh, on, on the couple of scenes that I saw where it just, it felt very unnatural. It felt very... Oh, this is not two people talking, you know? Uh, well, he's not an actor. That's a, that's a problem. And, I, and that's something I said to you, which is that um, he, Louis, has a habit of casting friends who yeah. aren't, like, camera ready. And uh, Robert Kelly is one of these guys. And he, luckily, he's not in the movie that much. He's only in the beginning. He pops up toward the end. 
Um, but there's like no part of the movie that is carried on the shoulders of Robert Kelly. That's good. I have nothing against him at all. I, I think it's fine, but I, I just feel like you should probably get actors uh, or at least, you know, do more than one take so that it doesn't feel like they're just improvising a sketch. That whole scene with the with the whole um, uh, my, you're my sponsor thing. I was very uncomfortable, but not for the right reasons, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> not because it was making me cringe what they were saying or anything. It was more because I was like, ah, it's just you have another take for this. This is ah, it just doesn't come out naturally. And yeah. and Joe and Joe List isn't. I don't. I I like his stand up. I I he's like a naturally awkward person. I don't know if you want to put your movie on the shoulders of someone like that. Um, I don't know what happens to the rest of the story, but. It just, yeah, it was, it was, it was very awkward for the, for the wrong reasons. Not yeah. much happens with that story. There's a family argument, and then Nick DiPaolo pantses him or something, and he takes it as a sexual assault and calls out the family. And for, I don't know. It, it's fine. It's short and to the point. And you know what I've been noticing a lot lately, and this is the case with Funny Pages as well. Uh, a lot of movies are starting to cap it at a very, very reasonable time, which is like an hour and twenty-five, an hour and thirty minutes. Uh, that was the case with all three of these movies. Mm. And um, shit like Prey, which is, again, horrible. Didn't outstay its welcome, but really bad. I'm not going to bother with that one. Um, as far as Funny Pages went, did you find any issues with the movie? I, I thought the ending was a little underwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, it doesn't really give you much. Um, and... Uh, the, the whole acne kid getting, I guess, murdered. No, he didn't get murdered. He, he just got one of those, he got uh, like a, what, like a pencil in his head or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that whole ending. I, I, I don't know. Uh, it was the only physical confrontation in the movie and it was weirdly shot where he didn't look like there was a confrontation. And then all of a sudden there's a pencil in his head and he's mm -hmm. bleeding. It's like, what, what is happening? Uh, and then it just ends with him, I guess, going to a comic book store and I guess realizing that the guy with that lip is not a good guy, even though he's been a piece of shit for the whole movie. Um, I kind of like those uh, character studies where not a lot happens sometimes. Uh, and I like the fact that everyone was very unlikable here. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone had like... Like socially awkward issues uh i also think it's really funny that andy milanakis is still looking 15 even though he's like 65 uh he's just like gigantic now and that's the only difference between him and, and and him when he was doing that mtv show yeah uh but i i took it as that as like just uh you know a small character study about a bunch of unlikable sweaty people um and for what it is uh again in that in that Daniel Close like world where everything is kind of artsy and and weird, uh, kind of Harvey Pekarish. Mm -hmm. It also felt like that. Uh, I like that. I, I really like that American Slender movie that, that they made about his life, uh, where it's just hey, this is the kind of a biography of a gross person. <laughs> uh, same with the um, what's the pervert little Jewish man that was also a, an artist. Uh, that would draw uh, crumb. the yeah. crumb, yeah, yeah. It, it had big time R crumb vibes to it, yeah, 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 especially some of those drawings that they got, um, yeah, the kids well, to. Well, that's uh, what's his name, Johnny Johnny Ryan is the guy that that does the art for that. He's he's known for doing those drawings of people just their dicks out and and shit. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that was cool too. Uh, right at the beginning, uh, recognize that that style. Uh, I think his books are all sold out for for that same reason because it's. It's like that's that's his his shtick, I guess. But um, I I mean I liked it. It's like you said, it's very short, uh, so it doesn't overstay its welcome, and it it, isn't, it doesn't even try to say anything, or or I don't think there's any any message with it. It's just pretty much well, this this kid uh, put his eggs in the wrong basket, and and then they broke, and right. and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like that they don't offer any sort of redemption for any of these characters. They're exactly yep. who you think they are. Mm -hmm. And um, they're they're not particularly good or likable people, and they don't try to 
finesse that for the casual audience goer, which is something you don't really get too often these days, especially even even with indie films where where it's one person having complete creative control. Uh, also, my camera is officially deaded. Yes. I think I ran through all the batteries. I didn't even bother charging the battery. I was very ill prepared for this. And the fact <laughs> that we even got any video at all, um, it's it's a miracle. So uh, I think we're just going to wrap up. In a Do second. you want to mention the Patreon? Because I might have said the wrong link. What did you say? Patreon.com slash lowers. No, that's right. That's, that's oh, okay. Right. All yeah. right. So go to patreon.com slash lower, yeah. sign up in the $5 tier, and uh, you will be able to get all sorts of new episodes of movies if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts right now, uh, because we have reduced the amount that we're releasing per week and recording per week to only one episode as opposed to two, and that allows us a little bit more time to uh, do better research. For certain films not like this film funny pages which we talked about john ritter made for tv movies more than <laughs> the subject of this show uh maybe we'll do an episode on the only way out abc mm-hmm. monday night movie maybe not um, i think okay. you'd be entertained i think that's a good civic tv pick i'm going to recommend it to jerry we'll figure it out oh, but you've uh, seen it though that's not so what funny. now i know what to expect now i have something to say during the movie so i can watch it with without awe you know? right Okay. You and Jerry will be taken away with it. Maybe we'll get Spencer on there. I think oh, we should blurry. just do. Just, uh... We should just shut off our cameras. You keep coming in, and you're you're as bad as I am. You got a full on Gaussian blur. I think we, for Civic TV, what we should do is just watch, <clears throat> just watch War Hunt every, you know, every time. Damn, that was this year too. Is that twenty twenty? Yeah. No way. Oh shit, that was twenty twenty two. And you know Wait, what? no, not War Hunt. What's the what's the uh, um the one where we're there in uh, fucking Turkey or Saudi Arabia or something? Oh, Nightwalk. Nightwalk. That's that's the one we should just we should just bring new people to watch it with. Let's I think the new that's room. a great idea. <laughs> uh, why don't we do that with Gold Pony? Since we're trying to figure out a new <laughs> show with them. Say, hey, you like Mickey yeah. Rourke, right? Who doesn't like Mickey Rourke? We'll we'll do Nightwalk. Um, yeah, do you like Sean Stone? <laughs> this is, this is are a, you are you a fan of uh, you know Stone films like the Oliver Stone? Well, we got his son in this movie, <laughs> and uh, he's quite the talent. He's quite the undiscovered talent. Yeah, he's got even the same his dad face. won't discover him. <laughs> yeah, even his dad won't hire him to do even background work because he has the same face on everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, funny pages. Did you enjoy funny? Would you recommend funny pages? Yeah, uh, especially in, the, in the, the type of movies that are released now. It feels like an oddity, uh, and it's also very short. It's very you know everything happens very quickly. Nothing drags on, and mm. there's some. Oh, I'm blurry again, and there's some cool art in it too. So, also there's a if you're into that, there's also a lot of uh, fat old man nudity if you if you want to see there that. Are a lot so. of old fat 58 year old dicks in this film that's right yeah so if you're into that then definitely go watch funny pages it is a very gross film they they accomplish feeling icky pretty well and they also did something that uh we do which is add a light that doesn't make sense to people's faces did you notice that at all like (laughs) sometimes it'll just be like a a red or a green light or a yellow light on someone's face and you're like wouldn't that light be coming from the floor yeah why is his why is his face lit up? He's just hanging out behind the counter, but the light's coming from up. I don't know. Yeah. You know why? Because it looks theatrical. And yeah. that is movie making. It doesn't have to make sense. Um, all right. Once again, patreon.com slash lowres. Uh, I quite enjoyed funny pages. Gave it four and a half stars out of five. Uh I, I said this over on Twitter and plenty of other places. Feels authentically late nineties without even trying to be. Uh, I think it's a great selection. The only problem that I have with it is that the end feels a little anticlimactic, like you're ramping up to something a little bit bigger than what you get. Uh, But it is a very small story. It's very self-contained. And I I didn't think that was that much of a flaw. It, it, It is what it is at the end of the day. It doesn't try to be anything greater than that. Um, and I think all the performances are good and the, the cast of characters are, are fantastic. So, uh, check it out if you can get around to that. It's in theaters in New York now and, uh, in Costa Rica too, if, if, uh, I recall correctly, as you did see yeah. this movie. Yeah. If you go to the Yiffy theater, the Yiffy, you'll be able to find it. 
Ye Fee Theater of Costa Rica, San yeah. Jose, Costa Rica. All right, that has been movies for this week. Uh, sorry about the camera issue, folks. Again, this is a beta test of uh, things to come. All right, thank you for listening.